0: We are essentially the fastest platform to get a job in the restaurant and retail industry. The
1: Mass Challenge 2019 Cohort. What we're doing is making healthy eating more available to families living in food and communities with our affordable, nutritious meal kits, the box with everything you need right down to the oil, meat and spices to cook a nutritious family dinner for five people for only
2: $15. It's in high gear. We are an information sharing platform for emergency. So a big building like this, you call 911, an ambulance shows up, which is great, but there are the far end of the building. Almost nobody cares how your product works. They care what problem it solves.
3: This is the Language of Business, a podcast designed to inform and inspire entrepreneurs and anyone thinking about a startup. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Questrom MBA professor and senior lecturer Greg Stoller. Our sponsor is Boston University Questrom School of Business, creating value for the world. On this episode, we look at three teams competing in the Mass Challenge 2019 cohort. Plus, we'll meet the new managing director and find out what a cohort is. Here's Greg Stoller. Thanks,
4: Don. We're talking with three teams here at Mass Challenge in the 2019 cohort, who do we
1: have up first? Hi, so my name is Dan Wexler, I'm the Executive Director of Eat Well Meal Kits and what we're doing is making healthy eating more available to families living in food insecure communities with our affordable nutritious meal kits. What's a typical meal? The box with everything you need right down to the oil, meat and spices to cook a nutritious family dinner for five people for only $15. What we do is we distribute our meal kits from community partners in food insecure communities like Housing centers, community centers, and farmers markets to make healthy eating much easier to get to. They're sometimes known as food deserts. They're communities where there is one or sometimes no grocery stores. Healthy food and often any food in these communities are very expensive, and so we provide fresh, easy, and affordable dinner options.
4: What's a typical meal?
1: The recipe development really starts in the community, and we spend a lot of time working with residents to understand what tastes and flavors they like, what foods they want to be eating. The challenges that they're having and then our recipes are designed by our two-star Michelin chef and they're all in line with the USDA dietary guidelines so you could have something like for instance our chicken pot pie pasta which is a pound of chicken, box of pasta, peas, corn, celery, carrots, onions and all of the seasonings and other ingredients that you need to make a 30-minute one-pot meal. All of our recipes are designed to cook in 30 minutes in one pot so that they're quick They're easy and there's not a lot to clean up after.
4: How does it differ from Blue Apron?
1: So our recipes or our meal kits are $15 to feed five people. It comes out to be $3 a serving as compared to Blue Apron which is about $8 per serving. Additionally, rather than doing delivery, we sell our meal kits right from these community partners, YMCAs, health centers, and things like that. So it's a much more accessible and affordable option for these families.
4: How does it differ from Blue
1: Apron? Blue Apron and and similar services tend to be a a bit more elaborate. I've used Blue Apron and the food was pretty good, but I definitely took a long time to make and used about every dish in my kitchen. So ours is designed to just be quick and simple. How did you end up at Mass Challenge? We applied, no. Um, so we were in an accelerator before this. Which other accelerator? Exactly. Called Bonbillo. Is that in Boston? It's based out of CIC right in downtown Boston. It's a great program, and they recommended us applying to Mass Challenge because we're a very socially missioned organization, and we know that Mass Challenge is really interested in expanding their social impact, and they have just a really great wealth of resources in terms of mentors and partners who are really eager to give us advice and direction on the problems that we're trying to solve.
4: Dan, thank you so much for being on the Language of Business and good luck in the competition.
1: Thanks so much.
3: Still to come, a way to make sure first responders get to the right door. But first, Team 2 tells us about the fastest way to get a job as the Language of Business continues. Back to Greg Stoller. Thanks, Don. Who do we have
0: next? My name is Tony. I'm one of the co-founders of JobGet. We are essentially the fastest platform to get a job in the restaurant and retail industry. And you can kind of think of us as the Facebook for jobs, all on your mobile phone.
4: It seems that you picked restaurants and retail because of high
0: turnover. High turnover, exactly. Both restaurant and retail, that's exactly right. Why we kind of focus on the restaurant and retail industry is because currently there are 80 million job openings in the US a year. 40% of them are focused on the white collar jobs. And that's where all the big players like LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Monster, they all play in. The 60% of the people who really need help finding jobs are still using archaic platforms like Craigslist or even help wanted signs.
4: How are things working out so far?
0: We launched about four months ago. We started with about eight employers on our platform using the platform. We thought maybe grow to 10, 20, or 30 employers. To our surprise, we actually grew from Eight to over 700 employers in four months using the platform, and this includes large chains such as Dunkin' Donuts, Pang, CVS, and Taylor. That's because we really met a massive need in this market, where employers need to find the right people, and the right people need to find the right employers. So, in terms of job seekers, we grew from about 50 to more than 3,000 job seekers in four months, and. A lot of this through partnerships with organizations. So there are local you know, family services, there are unemployment agencies, local schools. So some of the schools we're working with is, one example is Madison Park High School, which we went in, we spoke with the career counselor. He was really glad to have us because he said, you know, all our kids need jobs and right now they're going through newspaper ads and stuff. So we basically presented to classes of kids. They're all having fun using this app, getting jobs, and most of them have gotten interviews and a lot have gotten hired already. So in the span of four months, we probably got over a thousand people hired through that platform already, through JobGet
4: what makes job get the fastest
0: great question great question so we we believe we're really changing the paradigm of the hiring industry something like a typical like a craigslist or indeed the process takes weeks because the psychology is you're going to website you're filling out online application you submit an email you don't hear back till five days later two weeks later whereas literally on our app it's instant create a profile in seconds kind of like facebook and you apply to jobs instantaneously and on the employers they're on their app as well all the time so one example is you know we went to a dig in location the employer just posted a job and he got three applicants within literally five minutes and he messaged around the app can you come in later today on the app and people are super responsive because on mobile you reply to text a lot faster so it's very very quick and it's very simple to use because it's kind of very visual and a mobile format as well.
4: Who pays for it?
0: The employers do pay for it. Um, but right now we're trying to make it as free as possible for the Boston population because that's our kind of our home base and just trying to help out the community as a whole.
4: Tony from JobGet, thank you so much for joining us today the Language of Business and best of luck in the competition.
0: Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity.
4: Don, back to you.
3: Coming up, the new Managing Director of Mass Challenge explains what an incubator, an accelerator, and a cohort are all about. But first, team three wants to make sure first responders get to the right door. Back to Greg.
2: Thanks, Don. Who do we have next? Yeah, my name is Eric Carnegie. I'm the CEO and co-founder of SimpleSense, and we are an information sharing platform for emergency. So a big building like this, you call 911, an ambulance shows up, which is great, but they're at the far end of the building. What you really need to do is call security first so they can go meet the ambulance, they can come to you, they can make that whole process happen a lot faster.
4: Who pays for it?
2: So the enterprise pays. So our initial customer, it's sort of like you want to sell the Uber Black product, you know, the premium product first, and then figure out how to bring it to the wider market. And so we're starting with enterprises, because they have this problem en masse. Big campuses, lots of people, lots of different buildings. A lot of times a big corporate campus will have one address So in Google Maps, you'll see one spot for the whole campus. So if you call 911, that's where the ambulance is going. They're not coming to your building. That's a really big problem in that context. So a good example here in Boston is there was a woman who went to the ER. So she showed up at the ER. This is 2 in the morning, and the door was locked. She had to walk about 70 feet to the other door, but she couldn't make it. So she walked halfway, sat down on a bench, called 911, told them she was outside the door, and that piece of information didn't get passed on took them 10 minutes to find her. That was Somerville, right? And unfortunately, did she die? Yeah, she ended up dying. So just that simple piece of information that she's right outside the front entrance, they didn't get and that ended up in her death because of a 10 minute delay. That happens all the time, especially at the workplace.
4: We're here in South Boston and several years ago, there were pretty much dirt parking lots all over the place. How do you go about targeting large clients these
2: days? Initially, it's the enterprises. So it's big corporations that own their buildings and have a lot of employees. Eventually it's, yeah, multi-tenant buildings, big apartment buildings, high rises. They're all places that have this problem.
4: Is one of those clients Avalon?
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: Eric, recently in the news was a story about first responders providing lock boxes uh, for elderly citizens with the first responders only having the keys. That's sort of what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, so they're called Knox Boxes. Yep, the fire department has the key and so they can get in. So a big problem that happens though is the keys aren't kept up to date and so the fire department will have sort of outdated information basically to get access to the building. So part of what we're doing, so we charge the building owner to keep everything current and up to date. So the fire department when they're showing up has the best information. What we do is after you call 911, we share that data that you called 911 with the building management. So the facility here, the security, they know that you called, otherwise they don't know until the ambulance is here and then you're already losing five to 10 minutes to come and find you. So we share it with them right away. So everybody knows right away and eventually they can share floor plans back with the first responders. They can start to send information back and forth securely, sort of like Dropbox, but for that emergency. Heart attack, every minute that goes by reduces your chance of survival by 10%. So five minutes is a really big deal in a heart attack.
4: How did you end up at Mass Challenge?
2: Uh, so we've been through a couple different accelerators. So Reno, Nevada is where we started in 2017. And then last year we were at a security accelerator in Erie, PA. Did our first test there with the Fortune 500, with the fire department there, the police department, and that brought us to here this summer. We're glad to be here. It's There's 104 startups in the cohort, and it's, yeah, very diverse group of people, different companies, different approaches. So it's been great to be here and learn from everybody as we go through the program.
4: Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the Language of Business, and we wish you the best of luck with Mass Challenge. Thanks, Don. Back to you.
3: Coming up, the new managing director of Mass Challenge explains what an incubator, an accelerator, and a cohort are all about as the Language of Business continues. Back to Greg Stoller. Thanks, Don. Tomato versus tomato are pretty interchangeable,
4: but how about incubator and accelerator? We're here at Mass Challenge in South Boston with Kate Brummey, Managing Director, and welcome to the Language of Business. Thank you so much for having me. What is the difference between an incubator and an accelerator?
5: It's a great question. It's not surprising that it's a confusing term. When we think of accelerators, we think of time-bound programs that are focused on Accelerating a startup's growth and impact from point A to point B. It typically involves intensive resources surrounding the program and often involves past prizes.
4: For people who might not know, what is Mass Challenge all about?
5: So, Mass Challenge is a global network of startup accelerators. We were founded here in Boston in 2009 and have since grown with a presence in Austin, Texas. Houston, Rhode Island, Switzerland, Mexico, and Israel. Mass challenge is unique. In that we do not take equity. Most do provide cash in the form of equity to support startups' growth.
4: If you're not taking equity investments, how does Mass Challenge quote unquote make money?
5: It's a great question. So Mass Challenge is a nonprofit organization. We're funded by public partners, by philanthropists, and by corporate sponsors.
4: So much is known about the Mass Challenge cohort system. What is a cohort?
5: Think of a cohort like class. What
4: happens during the typical cohort experience?
5: We run educational programs for startups, and so we have a highly selective process. We see thousands of applications each year from around the world. We run startups through a multi-stage judging process led by our community of experts, and that results in select cohorts or groups of startups who go through our programming for about four months. Here in Boston, that runs from June until October. And how many startups are in one cohort? We have 100 here in Boston, plus another 30 that are currently working in the Island. So
4: they go through this process and are there steps along the way that they check in with the organizers? What happens during the cohort experience?
5: We think of bringing several important benefits to startups. One is connecting them to a community of experts. So we work hard as individuals and through our technology platform to connect individuals in the community as mentors. Second, we provide curriculum. So we're thoughtful about what core elements to startups need to be exposed to and to learn about to start and grow their businesses, and what customized opportunities do they need as in individual businesses, whether that's unique to retail or unique to security and defense. So that's the curriculum piece of it. And the third piece is we have, we give away over a million in cash prizes at the end. Mass Challenge
4: spends so much time having metrics internally and of course working with your startups. How are you going to define success within the first six months?
5: So Mass Challenge selects companies based on high impact and high potential. So for some of our companies, they define impact in terms of problems for underserved populations. So we have one company here that's working on how to make affordable, accessible meals for low income families. For other startups, they're thinking about impact in terms of transforming industries. So whether that's bringing new technology to bear on data security and cybersecurity. So those may have different outcomes in terms of job creation and revenue and funding. We track ourselves based on the startups we work with, the number of stakeholders we bring together around problems, and then funding, revenue, and jobs created. Kate, thank you very much.
4: Kate Rummy, the Managing Director here at Mass Challenge in South Boston.
3: Don, back to you. Thanks, Craig. And that's our episode this week. There are links to all the guests on our show notes. We'll go back to Mass Challenge in October when the winners are announced. The language of business is available wherever you get podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Alexa. And if you subscribe, you'll automatically get new episodes without looking for them. We now have downloads in 57 countries, 33 states plus DC, and five provinces. Thanks for the support. Our sponsor is Boston University Questrom School of Business, creating value for the world. Social media for the language of business is by Jennifer Powell of Excellent Writers. Audio editing and voiceover by yours truly. Consulting producer, Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. Thanks to Mike Carruthers on somethingyoushouldknow.net. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, thanks for listening to The Language of Business.